0: welcome back to the selfie show it's your girl tori and your
1: girl sam last episode selfie style this is it last episode of 2022 how are we already here
0: Holy. does anyone else still
1: say 2019 or just <laughs> me? because i don't know this is so confusing i'm pretty sure we said that last year too this year mm. flew by so fast i have not like I don't even know where, where I am right (laughs) now. What's going on?
0: What are we doing? We thought this year it would be really fun to close out the things that we have learned in our twenties and thirties. We have a great list or the, I'd say that like the pinnacle things that we want to talk about. So we're going to go into family, love, finance, um, self even social media and the things that we've learned basically learn from our mistakes <laughs> because we've made them we've learned a lot of things <laughs> along the way here and so we thought it'd be fun to drop all of our selfie tips um, and so without further ado we're going to get into the unpopular opinion of the week this is actually oh. something we were gonna potentially do a full episode on this because we had so many of you write in to us and DM us and send us messages to hit on this topic. So um, we're going to be talking about the four labor nurses. Uh, So four labor and delivery nurses became the center of the viral viral backlash after they posted a TikTok sharing patient behaviors that gave them the ick. So, uh, quote, my ick is when you ask me how much the baby weighs and it's still in your hands, one nurse said. Uh, Another one saying that, You don't want any pain meds, no epidural, but you're at an eight out of 10 in your pain, another added. So this, the hospital's become, has received a lot of backlash about the TikTok. And so there's a lot of questions and I think a lot of rhetoric in the nurse community of was this a fireable offense because the nurses were fired and- you know why can't nurses you know vent about their job this was just a tiktok video with the ick so we want to weigh in on our thoughts on this
1: so um what are your thoughts here miss samantha my unpopular opinion is or my my ick is nurses defending them defending Ooh. that behavior <laughs> there's a lot of that too i'm yeah. genuinely shocked at the amount of nurses that don't think they should have been fired yeah Honestly, I get it. Like, I am pro-nurse. There are problems in the healthcare system, a lot of them. I'm not saying that nurses aren't tired, they're not overworked, that staffing isn't atrocious, that we are so out of ratio, that there aren't even state government-mandated like ratios, that we don't get our breaks, that we're not being forced to stay overtime. that there's not enough like support in terms of like management charge nurses having assignments like th- I could go on and on and on mm-hmm. and on with all the problems with health the pay is trapped like everything every it's staffed by travelers new grads turnover like right. we could go on and on that's not even that's neither here nor there just because there's problems and that nurses were tired we've yeah. just we yes Classic. we went through a pandemic like being pushed to the literal brink but all of those things doesn't mean that I'm going to defend something that's indefensible. Yeah. What I think is
0: the the key point that I really honed in on, because I did a lot of like kind of looking around to see what's going on. And Nurse Liz actually did a really great YouTube kind of recapping. And something that she mentioned that I think is probably the biggest point here is that there's a power dynamic, Absolutely. right? So as nurses, we are caring for someone in a very vulnerable Situation. And essentially what this video was doing was attacking the vulnerable, powerless patient population or the 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 patient was the butt of the joke. And as we've talked about prior to me, that's like the biggest no no ever. I think that that's a horrible representation of us as nurses in our profession. And we follow very different rules in terms of how the, the public perceives us. Whether or not we want to believe that, it's very true. And yes, we're battling a ton of healthcare issues, right? Where we have systemic issues. We have a lot of really horrible injustices happening. And those are things we should be talking about. and Those are things we should be highlighting. But for me, this was just, it was a big ick. That was a big kick for me.
1: No, I've been a patient. I've had surgery. I've been sitting there with my gown, needing help to get up and go to the bathroom and have my ass out in a gown. That is a very, like you said, vulnerable position to be in. And I've had a loved one in the hospital. Guess what? I fired nurses from them. Just Mm. because you're a nurse doesn't mean you're a good nurse, first Mm. of all. Like, I'm not going to just blindly, not all teachers are good teachers. Yeah. Like, not all cops are good cops. Like So (laughs) why are we just just cuz we do the same job like doesn't mean and it's funny cuz i've heard other people be like they could have been really good nurses and they didn't deserve their job i don't care if you're a really good nurse mm-hmm. that showed a lack of critical thinking skills a lack of judgment and a lack of empathy mm-hmm first and foremost and secondly we don't know if you were a good nurse or not
0: well and okay in terms of like the firing offense it's funny because the rhetoric i was hearing or some things that people were talking about was this could have been an opportunity a learning opportunity and and that's why they should not have been fired and to be honest i don't think that this was undoable like how do you undo that how do you come back
1: from something like that i mean like okay i was suspended i learned my lesson yeah no 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 let's think about this if a fireman, if you were at a fire station and they were in their uniform and it literally said like L-A-F-D and you knew where they worked and they made a thing where they're like, my ick is going like when a, someone calls me for chest pain and I go in their house and it turns out they had like heartburn. Right. My ick is when I have picked up the same frequent flyer the fourth time this week. My ick is like if they made something like that and the public saw that, would they not not feel trust in their community of like, if I call 911 in my moment of need, I call emergency services and these are the firemen showing up to pick me up, the ones that were making fun of us. Would we not public outcry and demand for them to be fired? Mm -hmm. Because we don't feel like we trust them coming to our rescue. So any, if a teacher, if teachers made that viral video and did their icks about their like second graders, you as a parent would be like, your ick is about my child i don't you why are you a teacher yeah yeah like, well and
0: a lot of what you're talking about and i 100 agree is the key point of this is building trust right we build trust in what we do with the person that we are caring for and you also want to trust that the care that someone is giving you isn't going to be plastered all over the internet for as the butt of a joke and not to mention the fact that these women are women in labor and as we know the infant and more and uh maternal maternal mortality mortality is horrible in this country so it's like you're almost you're kind of like reinforcing our statistics and you know it's just really frustrating and i don't know for me this was a big ick it was a huge mess i i I agree with the firing to be honest just because from the standpoint of i don't know how you undo that to be quite honest um and it is unfortunate because regardless of whether they're good nurses or not we're we are we're in a short we are in a crisis right Already, but I don't know what was going through their mind when they were recording this because, you know, even I just think in my terms of like social media and being in the NICU realm, like it's such a touchy topic, right? The things that I do are very, it's very um, personal. It's very taboo. It's very it can be very heart-wrenching. And so I'm very, very careful when I'm putting out information and content because I want to be thinking like, if a parent sees this, how will they see it? You know, mm-hmm. and it is hard because a lot of things that we do are very vulnerable as, as it is in the maternity area of work.
1: And so for me, I just... Well, yeah, also I, 10 years ago, TikTok didn't exist. Right. Um, Instagram was like in its infancy, uh, like I think 2011, 2012. So it wasn't like back in the day, when people were getting fired for like posting things, it's because there wasn't really social media policies yet. There wasn't awareness, there wasn't kind of that etiquette fine line. So I get like some of the comments were like, well, HIPAA wasn't violated. It's not about confidentiality. It's The fact that being recorded on the clock at the nurse's station and you're publicly representing your company and building that, like their image, Mm -hmm. again, any brand like Starbucks, if they did that, Starbucks would fire if their nurse, if their baristas made a thing saying all the types of customers they hate taking care of, Starbucks would fire them. So it's no difference. And it's not like I want anyone to lose their job. That sucks. But yeah. it, it had to be done. I don't think they should lose their license. I think they sh- they absolutely can learn from this, take on a new job and not repeat that same mistake. I don't think that they should never be allowed to be a nurse again. Mm-hmm. Um, like with the Redonda Vought stuff, I think her medi- her medication error was a big enough thing that she absolutely should have lost her nursing license. She should not be able to practice a yeah, nurse again. I don't think that it needed drastic measures to that sense, but many people have been fired for... How you represent your company in all different careers, not just healthcare and nursing. So I don't think. Yeah. I I just think that it was a justifiable thing, and. I uh,
0: at the bottom line,
1: I just think never make the patient the butt of your joke. You and know? Nurse Blake said that he's like built such a big following and his whole everything off of making skits and jokes and reels and tiktoks and facebook and youtube and all of that and he's said it even when we interviewed him that the patients are never the butt of my joke yeah. it's never at their expense i can make fun of the dynamics between icu versus med surgery right. versus er equal, doctors mm-hmm. versus nurses the it's different power dynamic yeah. but yeah, yeah like we can make fun of ourselves and each other and it's not to say look i There's patients that I've taken care of that I don't like. Mm -hmm. I've had parents I don't like. Of course, we all have. We all have. Like everything that they've said, other L&D nurses have probably been like thought and probably been chuckled and laughed, but still know that like, There's certain things we keep in-house. Well, there's a time and a place. There's a time
0: and a place. There's a break room, right? That's why we, you know, there's break room banter. There's You can go to, you know, mimosas after work. Just don't wear your jacket or anything with an emblem. (laughs) Yeah. Because that will also potentially come back to you. So, you know, it's just being smart about it, you know? And yes,
1: we can all definitely commensurate. We deserve to vent. Yes. Like, we deserve to vent. And we've done episodes on humor is coping and that nurse we have i love humor we have a really dark, dark sense humor. of humor yes but it's here for it again like the public doesn't need to know our dark sense of humor like <laughs> yeah. we're still there to build that trust and i don't know that was just um didn't love it didn't love it but I mean, even more so i was disappointed to see I was too. nurses kind of defending it. I and just, I'm like, I, I can't,
0: I can't imagine, you know, like, uh, let's add a layer to this too. You know, Sam and I have gone through some fertility things the past couple of months. And you know, we're going to actually be talking about that later. And I cannot imagine, especially ever after everything that we've been going through with, you know, just egg freezing and you know, the hormones and kind of learning about everything. I can't imagine going through all this and being in such a vulnerable place where like you ask something that you know, you in your head, you're like, I think this is a stupid question or I know it is, but like, I'm still going to ask it. And then, and then knowing that someone's making it fun it. of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's crazy because I'm like, for the amount of issues that we have in this country for women and children already, this one for me was, was a horrible ick. Didn't like it. Yeah. No, don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> that's the
1: ending the year on that little T. yes
0: okay so <laughs> we're gonna dive into it the six key Woo-hoo. areas of our life we're gonna get into family career our finances love friendships and self we're gonna get into some fun things the things that we've learned the tech takeaways to hopefully give you guys some little tidbits as we're closing out the year and moving into 2023 with a really good bang we're heading out uh, we're getting into it
1: yeah
0: um okay let's start off with this really quick um what are you most proud of just as a an overall.
1: Whew, honestly, I think I've said this like a few times this year. I am proud of just taking the leap of faith and doing a complete career change. And I'm proud of the things I've done in there, getting into the leadership program, kind of where I've built my own kind of personal brand in there. I'm I'm proud of what I've done in my first year in this new career. Yeah. Generally I, it like feels good to and I've Gotten good feedback. It feels good to be appreciated for once, too, Mm -hmm. for my hard work. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, um, I'm
0: this past year, I feel like has been a lot of growth. Just a lot of growth, you know, kind of really starting to narrow down the things that I know that I love. I feel like the selfie show for me has been, you know, here with Sam every week coming back with you guys has been such an accomplishment and it's such a marathon. Like Podcasting I feel like that's why it's like weird
1: to sit there and say like I'm most proud of it because it's still like to me yeah. something where I'm like I I'm not satisfied yet like yeah. we're, still we're still like going. I just mm, yeah no, we I have so much more to like give for it and I'm really proud of my relationship
0: okay. I love my husband mm. we have a good great marriage I love our life you know I'm, I'm really proud of
1: that you I'm know? proud of you guys you the guys are things. like you guys like do the little things that you do to kind of like nurture it yeah. is like very like inspiring where I'm just like, everyone's like, why are you single? Why do you have such high standards?" Cause I'm like, cause unless it's like <laughs> gonna be like, I have a good example. And if it's, if it, it's not going to be like that, then I don't want it. Yeah.
0: Um, let's go back to your twenties and let's talk Ooh. career. Let's get into career first. Cause I feel like that's a good place to start. So in your twenties, like if you had to give yourself advice, of going through your 20s and like career what would you say to yourself
1: I would say myself in my 20s that like you needed to do more research on what careers even meant and what there were like Mm -hmm. I kind of honestly like stumbled into nursing because my friend's sister did it Mm -hmm. and I like genuinely but I wasn't one of those like I knew I wanted to be a nurse when I was two it wasn't me yeah um I love it and I'm glad I was a nurse and I'm glad where I am now but I feel like I did waste a lot of time in my 20s. Like, I started my job when I was 25? Mm -hmm. No, I might have just turned 26. I don't even know. I think I I I graduated nursing school at 25 and then, you know, went through all the new grad applications. And when the program started, I think it started, like, the day after I turned 26. So I feel like, I don't know, late start. But then I always tell people, like, it's never too late for a career change. If you want to become a nurse when you're 40, like, do that. So it's kind of, like, hypocritical to sit there and, like get on myself and say that I wish I did that. But genuinely, as long as I spent nursing in bedside, I do wish I left sooner. Mm. And I wish that I went into the role that I'm in now sooner because at the age that I am now, 36, about to turn 37 in a couple of weeks, I wish that I had been doing this the last few years because where I'm going to be in a few years from now. right? I, but it's like, Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. I don't want to get so hung up on a timeline of like, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but I yeah, have- but
0: Okay. It. Thinking about it back, you know, let's say you had been doing it for a couple more years, like in terms of selfie show, a lot of our conversations would have been very different. You it's know, true though. you had so much, you were right in the thick of it with flight nursing and mm-hmm. then, you know, moving into, you know, different things that I, I think it's interesting because you say that, but I actually think there was, and I really loved those moments of like when you were going through your career changes.
1: I think it, every experience builds you and makes you better. So I don't like to be one of those people that subscribes to a timeline and I need to do this by this age or whatever. I think, to your point, yeah, it all kind of happens as it should. I think, if anything, the only thing I like learned was to be more open-minded and not feeling like there's only like one thing for me when yeah. I went into being a NICU nurse, I thought I'd retire as a NICU nurse. Yeah. I said, a lot of I'm not do. ever going to like, so even to switch and go to the flight nursing was crazy because most, a lot of people don't leave NICU. It is very niche. And it's like, and I kind of, I was like, I'm going to start here. I'm going to retire here in 30 years and I'm going to do this the whole time. And I'm kind of glad that I've like forced myself out of my comfort zone. I think the biggest thing I learned was like being uncomfortable is going to make me grow. And that's how I've grown the most is by putting myself in very new, uncomfortable positions. Like the first time being on a helicopter by myself with a kid who's tanking is like, holy shit, uncomfortable. (laughs) But it was the best thing. I don't know. So I I think that the biggest thing I've learned is get out of your comfort zone. I think
0: also in your 20s, something that I think is really important to kind of know and understand is it's okay to not know like what you want to do. Totally. I think it's totally fine. I think the twenties, your twenties are really a time for growth and trying everything. And That's a time in my my head, if I had to say like the hustle, like I think Mm -hmm. that's the time. And I don't mean that hustle as in like overdoing it. I mean, try new things, try a new job, you know, really explore, ask people, network, you know, really think, you know, what you want to do, you know, for us, obviously, a big piece of our life in our 20s, half of our 20s was in nursing, but a half of it for me was in school. And, you know, I also really did enjoy my time in college. I think for me, that was a big time okay. of personal growth. Oh. I loved it. <laughs> bear down, baby, bear personal down. Growth. Uh, personal growth? <laughs> personal growth. You're talking about like the growth of your bar tab
1: receipts? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So and I had fun with it. And I think it was just a really good time for me to kind of start becoming independent. Also, I will say this, you know, for me in my 20s, working different kinds of jobs, you know, I was a server for many years. um, And I worked in the restaurant industry off and on throughout, you know, during college as well, which really taught me a lot. It taught me a lot of time management, how to balance different personalities, how to work with a boss, how to be accountable to someone, you know, and So I think that time, you know, in terms of career, it's, it is, it's a really good time. Your twenties are like, go for it. Try something new, you know, really trying to sink your teeth into it. And, you know, in terms of finding your passion, uh, my biggest piece of advice is just to try things, try something
1: new. Um, You don't know where it's actually gonna end up being like, you go thinking like, I want to do this one thing. And then you might fall in love with something completely different if you weren't open to it. Yeah.
0: I think something else, you know, in terms of when you're talking healthcare that I've definitely learned in my 20s and mm-hmm. 30s is that you got you really need to be mindful especially in these days and age of who who you're talking to and what you're saying because you never know who that person is going to be in your future
1: oh literally
0: <laughs> you that person could be your educator one day that person could be your manager one day that person you know your reputation especially in healthcare, you know especially with travel nursing things fly around very quickly nowadays so I will say this as a piece of advice you know just really be like an ambassador a leader you know and I that's something for me that I've really trying to hone in on especially because nowadays right now in healthcare, things are very heavy. It's people are tired. People are very, you know, it's they're quick to get very, um, you know, mad or aggressive. I actually just had a situation this last week, where I had a doctor come to the bedside who was exceptionally rude, Mm. and really, really rubbed me the wrong way. But I really did everything in my power to redirect it. And I'll honestly take it as a moment to help educate that doctor on what the situation was. And you know, it's, it's an art when you're really learning your craft and what you're good at. And I know I'm a damn good NICU nurse. So what I was saying was very valid and I had to explain it, but it's mm-hmm. like, I, I know now I'm mature enough to know that I needed to take a minute, take a breath, don't react with, you know, that gut feeling of you're just so mad and you just want to like, you know, go at this person, just, you know, kind of learning how to present yourself in the best way, professional way. And, you know, it's okay to tell someone when you are when you know you're good at something, you know, you can put them like let them know you're good at it. But there's a professional way to do it. And that's really important in healthcare. You know, that's kind of speaking even to what we were just talking to with our unpopular opinion. Like mm-hmm. lead as a leader. Like be a leader in that space. And I really think that's a, you know, moving into my thirties that's something really, really trying to come into.
1: Do you know actually the biggest thing I've learned, which that just sparked that for me to pick my battles. Oh, yeah. I used to fight everything. Everything. It didn't matter if it was like this big or this big. If I had a thought about it, you were going to hear, you were going to hear from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone knew you were going to hear from <laughs> Sam Manicero. right I've kind of learned that it, some things are not worth that much time and energy. And it ends up being counterproductive to even my overall mission or goal or accomplishment. And that sometimes shutting the fuck up actually benefits more in the long run for whatever my whole reason behind it was. Mm -hmm. So learning to be strategic about what matters, what's worth the fight, what you need to compromise on in the workplace. Because I mean, if you go back, it's almost two years old now, listening to my burnout episode and I talk about it, but learning to pick my battles and that I don't need to like, make a huge deal out of everything has yeah. been very humbling. Yeah, <laughs> but it has been very, that's in terms of just not only maturity and professional growth, though, mm-hmm. of how to just operate in a career sense. Yeah, I feel like you can apply that to like relationships and all that shit. as well too. <laughs> but definitely in your professional sense, it's funny how much I thought I knew everything everything in my 20s I thought I knew everything oh god we all yes and like now I know I know everything but I also know like how to channel it I'm just <laughs> that was a joke you guys but no yeah. I really thought I I think was a lot so of us smarter. do and
0: a lot of us in you know in, in terms of like healthcare, there's moments I know in my 20s where I got so fired up about mm-hmm. something
1: and, and now we would now even like totally and now like, I look at go, that sister. and I'm like oh god yeah a hundred percent yeah 100% it's a learning curve that is yeah that is like but that is professional growth for sure Mm -hmm.
0: okay so this is one that sam and i have a lot to work on and we do actually i'm really excited about this because tentatively we are going to do a follow-up episode on this finances 101
1: as as we were like an hour late to record this today because we went to nordstrom rack (laughs) Oops. Retail therapy. It's retail therapy. Oh. Um, okay. So This is not 10 things we learned like in our 20s and 30s. Like on finances, this is we're still learning. We're,
0: we're still we're learning. We're a work in progress. We yeah. are learning. Um. But okay. We potentially have an expert coming on beginning of next year. So yes. fingers crossed. Get really excited. It's a really good episode. Um. But okay. So if you were going to tell yourself, if you're going to go back to your 20s, what would you say to yourself?
1: Don't Live outside of your means. Like, you don't need to keep up. I feel like we get so, like, especially, like, think about nursing. Like, okay, I have to have, back then it was Grey's Anatomy. Now it's like, but it's like, <laughs> you have to have the cutest scrubs and you have to have the water and the thing. Like, you got to be, like, whatever, keep up on the unit. And then everything, it's so, like, it's hard to live within your means when you, I don't know. Yeah. I would just be like, chill the fuck out.
0: Okay. So this is my thought. Um, So the, the first thing off is many of us who are in healthcare specifically, you're going to end up with a job where you're making damn good money, at least in the beginning, right? Especially
1: over time. Yeah. Because I never had a budget because if I wanted something, I picked up an extra shift. 100%. If there was no like money yeah. stop for their ceiling, it was like... I want this vacation. Oh, fine. I'll just pick up an extra shift.
0: There is 100% freedom in your first job, especially in healthcare, because the, the opportunities are endless, especially now. And I know there's a lot of, you know, negative rhetoric around healthcare right now, but truly when I say this, you're going to have a job, like no matter what the, the job security is definitely there. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, I remember like back in my twenties, my first big purchase was my car and I still have her to this yes, day. We love we were, her. We were in her
1: today. We were. She's doing well.
0: And, and something that I would say to myself in my 20s that I actually did do but I do wish I had been a little more aggressive about it was investing in the retirement and savings and investments early on because when you start you know you have this financial like at least at that point you have a foundation right mm-hmm. and so I kind of agree with you I wish I had put myself on a budget more so 100% in the 20s where I was saving more of a percentage than I was we were lucky enough to have A nurse on our unit. He was absolutely amazing. Shout out to Saul. (laughs) Everyone who's ever worked at Chalk, everyone who has ever worked at our hospital knows this nurse. He would go through with all of the new grads, the new baby nurses, and he would say, hey, have you set up your, your investments yet? And we would all look at him like deer in the headlights and be like, no, because none of us had. So he would handhold us through the process and say, okay, like let's start putting in a percentage in this one. He would literally sit down mm-hmm. and open the account with us. Mm-hmm. So if you have not done that yet, and you are listening to this, this is your sign to start investing long-term.
1: Yeah, I would say I'm grateful that I... Right away, like my first month of being hired, started my 403B at my other job, like my 401k, and automatically deducted. And I started a separate savings account where I just had automatically part of my paycheck go into this separate Savings, so I was kind of good because as much as like you said, I wish i had a budget. I wish I I've never been on a budget. I've always <laughs> yeah. just worked more if I wanted something, right? Which is like M- really, many of us that's do. The like toxic healthcare way of just, I think a lot so of us, easy. a lot of us, and I'm going to
0: speak very generally here, but we're not good with finances. We're good at making money. We're because good at making the money.
1: Is like not in healthcare. It's not going away, and it's not a fixed salary. Yeah, I think if you're on a fixed salary you're never getting more or less. It's this is what's coming in every month. So you need to figure out how to distribute it. When ours is hourly plus overtime, plus mm-hmm. this, it's just like the ed- more, it's you endless. can get more more yeah. more. And, more. and right. so I used to do that. So I wish I was on that budget, but I was good about at least putting some right off the top into savings. But then after that, it was kind of a free for all. Right. And I wish I was better about aside from just, I, I was good. I had the retirement. I had the other extra savings, but getting into actual investments, right. like actual stocks, actual like long-term investments, and even like buying a condo or something like early on that even now could have been a rental part or something like, I wish I was better about investing right out like early because I'm like oh my god now what 12 years later mm-hmm. w- those investments would be popping <laughs> you dumbass <laughs> you idiot <laughs> I think another thing that I'll say on that
0: note is to really be okay with your own journey because everybody's journey with this is very different and so you know, in terms of car and home and family, you know, and I just think a big piece of this is everybody is on a different bandwidth. You are, we're all coming from different things. Some people have student loans, some people, um, you know, financially Cancel have to help loans.
1: forgive student loans. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Joe, you I'm told Joe. I vote like Joe, Joe, uh, <laughs> but you know, and a lot of us are contributing to other family things. So there's a lot of things, you know, and for example, mm-hmm. with Jacob and I, like we don't own our home right now. And that's very much a strategy because for us that would be stretching us too much so we're trying to you know save 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 we have a lot of things you know we invest in other ways and I'm really excited to get into that hopefully uh, with our episode in January on other things and other ways you can invest Um, but you know just be really confident in your own self-worth right it's like with this I feel like we tie so much as to how much we make and, you know, just being able to buy, buy, buy things. And I agree with you, you know, I mean, yes. The feeling they they, need to
1: keep up is just. Yeah, there's eh, so many other things we can
0: do. And, you know, I think being able to navigate you know, taxes and your your own personal finance situation and your investing is really, really, really important. So taking the time to understand it is really important and doing it in your 20s is like, you know, that compound interest you guys get that compound interest.
1: Also, can we say having a side hustle? Oh, yeah. Get your side hustle on. As much as it's easy money to just work extra shifts. I want to work as little as possible mm-hmm. and make as much money as possible. For sure. So one, like, negotiate your salaries. Yeah. Like, if you're getting a new job, negotiate that shit. And then two, get your side hustle. Yeah. Like, have it. If you have just a little idea, run Especially with it. Especially You in your never 20s. know where it's going to pay off. Especially you in your 20s. You never know. You never know. How that, like, could pop off and be making you so much that you only have to work part-time or per diem or something like that because your side hustle is popping. Yeah. So I'm, like, all about yes, just like do the extra thing. And again, nursing doesn't have to be or healthcare, whatever your job is, it doesn't have to be your end all your passion. Like if you're still passionate about something else that you do on the side, like nurture that grow that like mm-hmm. you can do both. And I think it'll actually make you better at
0: the bedside. Anyway, I've spoken about this mm-hmm. so many times, but I feel like being able being able to I can talk um, being able to nurture and grow creatively and the selfie show and branding and coming up with new product ideas and things that I'm planning for in 2023 and you know really trying to tap into a whole new side of myself and I'm really excited to you know dive into that next year and but it's funny because I'm able to take that time and I purposely make the time and I will say it's not always easy you guys know like finances 101 and just this side of things it can be really difficult but I really Find myself enjoying my bedside so much more, and you know, I think that's a piece of it. That you we're very multifaceted individuals, so being able to tap into that is huge. You know, <sighs> you live and you learn. We live and we <laughs> learn. That's that what world. we all hear about. Okay, so let's get into a little love.
1: A little love. I mean, only one of us is uh, really. Okay, well, how about love?
0: Love and dating. We're doing love and dating in your 20s and your 30s. It's
1: definitely a different world. Oh. Totally different world. I mean, like when we were growing up, our like, representation Do not fuck your marriage up because let me just tell you, if you had to all of a sudden be single. <laughs> uh yes, absolutely. I'm it like, is it's trash bad over. out yeah, here. It's, a it's bad fire. out here. Yeah. It is scary. Like, pick me up, mom. I'm scared. Yeah. Like you don't want to be out here in these streets. <laughs> you do whatever you can, like you give the blowjob. I don't know, make it work. Don't you know. ever give up on that because it's so <laughs> bad out here. I wish I wish this life upon no one. <laughs>
0: uh, absolutely. Okay. I want to kick it uh, off
1: with this in my 20s. That yeah.
0: I absolutely I was a type of person that wanted to test drive all the cars. <laughs> I wanted to have as much experience and the thing about it, which I test think drive? we like test driving, <laughs> um, but I think the core of it really is finding yourself first before you really dive into those things like I think that is really important so I think a big piece of like of dating in general is you're learning what you like and what you don't like and I can't tell you guys I mean I went through so many rejections we had breakups you know failures but I feel like what's interesting is at the core of who I was at the time I was not settling and I was really figuring out what it is in my life. And truly, when I say this, like all the relationships leading up to my marriage were purposeful in my life. Like I would not be a, so appreciative of such a good man earlier in my life. Really, I wouldn't have been. And I didn't find him until later in my 20s, early 30s. So I feel like for me, the solo time and I was kind of someone, I will say this, like I bounced around in in relationships. Like I was kind of like a serial dater. Flighty. I was, yeah, (laughs) for sure. But I would say like, I am someone who does really value solo time. And so something for me is like, I think really getting into like, who you are and what you like and being able to stand on your own two feet, especially nowadays, there's so much more empowerment for women, Mm -hmm. you know, in knowing who you are and what you want and being okay saying no and not accepting being treated, uh, you know, horribly or just even, Mm -hmm. you know, I think there's a lot of that. So for me, I think the biggest piece of twenties was learning myself and getting into that. And then in my thirties now, I feel like it's a lot of balancing, our marriage with like social lives and work and family and kind of learning that balance I would say that's like the biggest difference is like now it's more okay our marriage is first for us and then okay how do I balance and make sure I'm still keeping up with all the exterior things but uh for us our my my marriage is very important I love I love my husband we gotta have a good marriage over here so but for us we are really truly pushing up the boulder together on the hill like that is up our mountain we're doing it
1: together and I really love that and I feel like this is still not even like fully played out for you yet because I feel like your next journey of becoming parents and that sort of thing down the road is going to really even give that a whole new like yeah whole new journey yeah so I like it's cool to see that evolved like in front of my eyes. Cause I remember when you were single before you were even dating him. Yeah. So it's just Isn't been like crazy? really interesting to watch like it You've known all
0: me longer than Jacob has. Well, no, crazy? no,
1: no. Didn't you meet him in college though? Well, yeah, that's but, like, true. I we did meet in college, known but we known didn't you. Yeah, 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 Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I was here first. <laughs> Thank you. <Jacob>. Hi. Hi. <laughs> what
1: do you think is the biggest difference in dating between your twenties and your thirties? I think to your point, the things you value in a partner are a lot different in your thirties and your twenties, mm. like certain character traits and stuff you value so much differently. Like, yeah, I want you to look hot. <laughs> you know, I want to be attracted to you and stuff, but like right. there's a lot more than just someone's like looks yeah. and stuff. So I just think you place value and emphasis, not even all the basics. Like, yes, I want you to be able to be smart. I want to be able to have a conversation with you. I want you to be funny, goofy and be able to joke around blah, blah, blah. Like there's a lot of those still, those are all still superficial baseline to me. Yeah. Like we go on a date, we can have fun. We can be silly. We can joke around. We can have good, deep conversations. There's attraction, there's sexual chemistry, all those things align. But aside from that, there's still a bunch of other things that I don't think you even thought about in your twenties. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, when push comes to shove and like one of us is sick, like how does that person react? Communication, trust, Can you say the hard things to each other? Can you have a difficult conversation that might hurt someone's feelings instead of brushing it under the rug? How does that person react in a fight? Do they raise their voice? Do they yell? How do like when we get angry, how do we resolve it? When there is something and it like involves compromise, how do we both go about that? How do we apologize and own up to these things like each other? Those are all so much like next level beyond all those other things are like, what are the qualities you want? And people like, even on dating apps will be like, what are you looking for? And it's like, those are all those superficial, like, yeah. And even if we have all of that, if we don't have that next level, that next tier of things, mm-hmm. like how, what will actually be at the core at the end of the day when you guys are 70 in a rocking chair? Yeah. And like, I feel like you and Jacob have a good example of like that core. Cause it's like all of those other things
0: kind of are, yeah, are
1: fleeting fleeting so yeah. I feel I, like yeah just you don't appreciate those things until you've been through some shit <laughs> I
0: think also allowing your relationship to evolve the, the mm-hmm. relationship that we had in our late 20s is, is different than it is today. And I would actually argue for us, it's better. I think initially when we were married, I think that I was very focused on the to-do list. I was very focused on, okay, we're married. And then in my head, I was like, we're going to have kids. And then we're going to have a house. And then we're going to have all these things.
1: Can and I be petty? Yeah, do it. Okay, I think that you have... Like certain friends, not yeah. Like, but I, I think do. There's like people. There's circles that are very Pinterest. Yes, families. the Pinterest mommies. So it's Love like them, but- get married, and then it's like you said, very picture check the perfect. box, picture perfect. So perfect Christmas card, perfect family, perfect this, perfect ring, perfect house. Check, 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 check. Yeah. And we're always presenting and looking so perfect. And I think when you got married, you were like ready to be one of those yeah like you were you were gonna be one of those yeah and I don't know I think all of a sudden you did this like left term where you're like no yeah and I love that for you I I was definitely the person you know I got married
0: and then all of a sudden the time you did have came. a Pinterest wedding. It was like
1: perfect. It was beautiful. Yeah. I'm not knocking it. Like and I those loved were, it.
0: It was very much like what I wanted, right? Yeah. I was very much the person. And I would say, and I to, be the, to this day, I still will say, I would do that wedding over a million times. I had the most, <laughs> still it to this day, the most fun wedding I've so ever been much fun. to. Um but fast forward I do think what's interesting is there was a, like an evolution with me where I all of a sudden was not ready for kids and I was like I really want to do this podcast thing and I want to pr- grow a brand and I want to be able to reach people and I want to content create and I want to do all these things and the Amazing thing is, is I have a partner who is right there with me, mm-hmm. and has it been up and down? Yes, of course. Like there's been moments for us. I think where it definitely has become a point of um, contention in the relationship, where Jacob's like, "Wait a minute! Like we were supposed to do X, Y, or Z, or I don't like that you're doing this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, can we focus on us?" So there's a learning curve with it, but I think it's really cool. To be with someone who is okay letting you evolve as a human being, too. But you
1: have those conversations. 100%. And I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, as someone who has a failed engagement, let's go oh, there. Sir. Can we go there? Sure, yeah. Okay,
0: so let's give a quick, because I know we have <laughs> talked about it, but in your
1: 20s, let's give a little backstory. I mean, What do you want? Like the story of my ex? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Here we are. Let's do it. I don't think I've like really done this. So we met when we were 21. Um, we were friends with benefits. I'm not even gonna lie. When I was in nursing school, we were just straight banging. It was what it was. (laughs) We didn't didn't go on dates. We didn't do anything. Like we didn't interact outside of just like, we were hooking up and that was it. And then that involved into just like, Doing the deed and having like good conversations and being like, This is someone like uh, we have really good conversations. And then it involved to the first time of being like, Hey, want to see Fast and the Furious? Well, fuck yeah, I love Fast and the Furious. It wasn't the original, <laughs> but it was like one number three, four, whatever. Well, I don't yeah. know, one of them. And it was like, Yeah, that evolved to the movies. And then it was like, Want to go to the fair? And then it was like, Go to the fair, meet the fan. And then it was like, I was graduating nursing school at that time. And it was like, I guess like that person, like I still lived at home. That person lived at home. Then they moved out for the first time. So now I'm going over to them and their roommate's house. And then it was like, oh, you're here so much. I brought you a toothbrush. And I'm like, oh shit, this person (sighs) bought me a fucking toothbrush at their house. Like this is getting a little. And then obviously like, yeah, I graduated nursing school, came to my grad party. And that was like the soft launch of like, well, here's my whole family. And then um, we were together for five years before we got engaged. So we got together when we were 25. So we were friends with benefits at 21, but it didn't really like whatever. Got together at 25. And that was when we were in official relationship. Dated. Actually, we dated for three years and broke up at the three-year mark. And we were split for six months. And as much as it's, I don't know. I'm like, maybe we should have never got back together at that point. I think at that point, it was like, what were the issues? Communication still at that time. Um, There was thing like, again, I've talked a lot about on the body image one, which was so and we still need to do like the part two, which I think is coming. It'll be a solo episode on our kind of body image Mm -hmm. update. But like, again, I've had an eating disorder since I was probably like, a 14, but I would say it probably goes way back into like fifth grade, even mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like way early, 11 12. Um, so for me, that was always that was my problem. That was my issue. That was my own mental health journey. But it definitely impacted my relationship. So I give that person a lot of credit for sticking with me through weight gain, weight loss, up and down, up and down. I was all over the place. I was literally like a hundred pounds up and down. And that has to be really hard to be the partner of someone that's going to like gain and lose that much weight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and I'm not knocking this person, but they didn't have the communication or the emotional, like a uh, maturity to kind of be my partner on that. Yeah. So I was really on my own. And that is like a very, the loneliest feeling is to be in a relationship and feel alone. Yeah. That is the loneliest feeling on earth. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was in a relationship, but I was alone. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was the first time we broke up. I, a lot of it really did have to do around with my like weight up and down and the communication and then the trust and, there was like a trust betrayal thing. And it was just a whole thing. But we ended up taking like six months apart, we weren't together, we ended up getting back together, and then moved in together. Actually, we might have only been together two years when we broke up, whatever, moved back in together. And then it was like, okay, the dogs Then we got the second dog. And then I was like hitting, we hit 30. And then what happens at 30? What are you supposed to do? You know, the timeline, if if you're by the time we were 30, we've been together five years minus that little six month break, but five years. So you're supposed to get engaged, get the ring, get the house, get married, have kids, check all the little boxes that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And so we, we started to do that. We got engaged. We got the house, we, all the things. And again, there was still such a big communication gap. There was a lot of resentments. Like I think he resented Some of like my past like body image things with weight and being up and down and sticking through me through that and some of that. And I think our sex life completely fell off. It jumped off a cliff. It didn't just jump off a cliff. It like fucking like cannonball (laughs) like and then for me, I had some resentments of like I did finally kind of get my weight stuff really under control and like lost weight and like have what now it's been like since 2017. Mm -hmm that I've 16, 17 have like kept that off and have really gotten myself in a good place. But I feel like I did that on my own and I resented that. Yeah. And then I working a lot and the shift work and night shift versus a day shift. There were so many things, but at the core of it, our communication sucked. We never talked to each other yeah. about it. And by the time it all came out, it's like, it's so beyond, you know, we've talked a lot about like you and Jacob do a really good job of like doing the tune-ups the car maintenance yeah. the oil changes right. we didn't do any of that so for us it was just like your car's on fire on the side of the road <laughs> and two flat tires, two flat and an tires engine the, check on the transmissions blown the car's yeah. literally on fire and it's now it's not salvageable like it's a total loss and I feel like that's kind of what happened and we tried and it just we weren't even the same people anymore and the evolve together you talked about we didn't evolve together we both evolved but not together. And it's like hard because I will always have so much love for that person. But it was, it's sad because I think it could have been something good, but I don't think either of us were equipped for it. And it is what it is, but it's so hard now being single at this age because you don't anticipate when you were in a seven year relationship, you don't anticipate that ending and being now single Mm -hmm. at 32 And then now fast forward four years later, going on 37, like, holy shit, it's rough out here. So I feel like now I get a lot asked. People are like, you're good looking. I'm like, well, thank you. That's sweet. I love that for you. I love that for me. But like, why are you single? And you know, you have a career and you like, and I'm like, yeah, I, on paper, I sound really good, Mm -hmm. but I, it takes to me a really good man to be better than no man. And like, I don't know. And to some people I've had people show up, tell me like, well, your standards are too high. I'm like, well, fuck it then. My no, standards I, are too high. It comes I don't time. care. Like I just, I, I've been, I, what I went through cause we had a house selling it and it's like the same as going through a divorce. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I didn't have to like fight it out in court, but we had to fight some personal financial stuff out together and we had two dogs and it was about as much of a divorce as it could be without being a real divorce. And so I feel like after going through that, I'm not like saying that I don't ever want to get married or don't ever want to have kids or all those things, but I want it to be with like that right forever person. I don't yeah. want to like do that again, go through a breakup like that again. So it's kind of like, it's not pretty out there yeah. in the dating scene. And so yeah. it's like, I mean, God, how many first dates have I been on? in <laughs> so I was always like, how was dinner last night? I'm like, man, <laughs> 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 uh,
0: something else I just... will say too, that I've learned um, and that I would definitely echo to myself at my 20s is to definitely be okay having the hard conversations. Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to like finances, kids, family dynamics, like be okay having those conversations. And mm-hmm. because at the at the root of it, it's always really surprising to me when I I'll be talking to a friend or colleague or whatever and we'll be talking about something else I'll, I'll ask like well have you talked to your partner about that and they'll say no and mm-hmm. it's always so surprising to me because I think for us it's just so natural it's a big piece of our, our relationship and the other
1: thing I want to say was the too- first thing I said to you when you asked me if I wanted to host oh yeah well the first thing you asked is have you talked to Jacob mm-hmm. yeah because it was like he might offer you insight that you didn't even think about. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, maybe you've made up in your mind. And that's why you're like, yeah, I'm gonna ask her and I'm gonna be like, but have you ran this by Jacob, who might actually offer you like he knows you better than you know yourself sometimes? Yeah. Like, have you ran this by him? Because that's like your sounding board? Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: The other thing I just want to say is like, have fun, like together with whoever, like, I feel like that's a big piece of our marriage like like i actually never would have pictured our marriage the way it is now and it's so funny goofy we have so much fun together i think really trying to get into that and i get it like we don't have kids yet but the way i picture it going forward is i really want to always have fun and we have so much fun so that's my biggest Mm -hmm. one of my biggest tips in terms of relationships is you know try and find that person that really brings out like the best side of you like If that person isn't making you better, they're probably not worth your time, you know, and to like the fundamental issues for us, like have never been trust or loyalty or communication. Those have been like the forefront of Mm -hmm. our relationship. Like it's funny because Jacob and I were literally just having this conversation the other day and we were basically saying, Jacob was saying that he was surprised um, at this. It was a couple of friends and, and how the issue of trust came up and he's like I'm always surprised when I hear that that's like such a big thing because for us it's like so not it's in the back of our head you know like I don't even think about things like that because I we just do we have this really great baseline and you know humans are humans like not to say that there couldn't be issues down the line god forbid but but it's just interesting because for us like it's such a core piece of our relationship so I don't know if for my twenties, I just think like find someone who you have fun with that you you know you can be your true
1: self with too, you know what the biggest thing I actually learned though was it doesn't matter how hard it is, you know when it's right to walk away, yeah, trust your and gut honestly, trust your gut, a lot of people were in my same shoes where they're you know four months out from a wedding and what do they do? They just go through with it. Why? Yeah. Because the deposits are already made. The dress is already bought. The hotels are already booked. Speaking from experience. All the, <laughs> over here. The bachelorette parties planned, like all those things. So it's like, yeah. well, I'm too far and I can't cancel or it's well, we have kids and our finances are wrapped. I'm not saying that it's just easy, but I'm saying the biggest thing I learned was that sometimes the best thing for you is doing the really hard, hard thing, thing of walking away because that was hard that was not easy Mm -hmm. that was fucking really hard but I knew that like 20 years from now am I gonna sit there and be like I should have done that 20 years ago like it's not ever easy to leave but if you know that it's not right for you be okay leaving you you gotta be okay walking away Mm -hmm. even if it's hard even if it's gonna disrupt things and other people are invested in whatever it's like you only get one life for yourself you know and you staying best. you know and it's like oh i don't know being yeah. okay with walking away even when that's gonna be really hard to do is the biggest thing i learned
0: mm-hmm. Woo! that was a fully loaded enchilada god you just made me go there i know this is oh. getting deep i love this for us right. um friendships in your 20s and 30s what's the biggest thing that you've learned
1: um, or maybe piece of advice you would give yourself in you're, your twenties: You're only as good as the company you keep. Yes. Uh, let's think about it right now. Like the only big like thing I have to compare to is my thirtieth birthday when I had the boss ass bitch ball. But I had like a hundred and like twenty five people I invited, or like you know it was almost the size of a freaking wedding. You had yeah. your big wedding. If you were to redo your guest list right now, or my wedding, my oh. wedding I was inviting two hundred and fifty people. Oh yeah, because right. I have way Very too big Italian, of a family. family, but like a lot of that was friends. If you were going to redo your wedding right now, it's going to redo my birthday or even my wedding guest list from back then. Would you have the same guest list? I think it would
0: be about 20% different. Isn't that wild? Yeah, at least. Because when I think of the friendships like that we have now and then have evolved with us, it is a different scape. Now, I think the core people that I have, that were there, the core, my girls, my best friends will never, ever change. Like Mm -hmm. that's my my core. Those are my girls. So, and I, that is something that I think in terms of friendships that I really, really love, but it would be about 20% difference, Mm -hmm. I think in my twenties to thirties, I agree with you. I think you are who you hang out with. And in your twenties, I think you don't really see that or understand that. You're as just much trying as to have a good 30s. time. Yeah. 100%. Like, Do you like
1: the same music? Yeah. You like the same bars? You like the same drinks yeah. and same guys? Yeah. Like, okay, we're going to have a good time. hundred percent. Like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um,
0: I feel very lucky. I think from the beginning of my life through now, I've really valued, good girlfriends. Mm -hmm. That's something that I think my mom really ingrained in me. So for me, my friendships have always been really important. Um, but I will say this, the biggest difference between twenties and thirties for me out of all of these categories, this one has been the hardest for me in my thirties, purely based on your life and how much things change and evolve. So like from your 20 in your 20s like you know you're still you know you're starting a career or maybe you're living with someone you're you know having a great time you know going out to dinners doing things go to the club like (laughs) going on trips like you know kind of living it up and in your 30s I feel like the biggest changes start happening when your friends have kids Mm -hmm. and that has changed a lot of friendships more so just from a purely like you don't have as much time or the time that you have now with those friends is divided between their marriage their friends and your friendship so it for me even and what's interesting is like I feel like I've had a hard time just from purely being so busy and being someone that's you know I am at a point where it's not relatable right like we don't have kids yet so for me I'm building an empire where you well, know you have here have different things to show. talk about like Correct. you're not talking about like poop texture yes. from breastfeeding like yes. it's just a different yeah and the hardest thing my aunt ever said to me and i didn't believe it at the time is she said your friendships will change the minute your friends have kids and she's 100 right i mean and it's not always in a bad way no it can be in a good way like we have some of our friends like children are the cutest little
1: things like my little nephew i'm obsessed but it does change dynamics 100 i'm grateful i've had the same best friend We've known each other since kindergarten. So we've gone through the same preschool, kindergarten, elementary, high, junior high, high school together. We're still best friends. She, we're going to see Taylor Swift this year. We got floor tickets. Okay. Um, oh, I honey. went to visit her. She lives in Portland now. I went to visit her in July. So we've been best friends since seventh grade, but known each other since kindergarten. Like connected at the hips. She has two kids now. And it's like funny because we send each other TikToks every day. We talk every day. But like our lives are completely different. Right. She's got a, you know, like three year old and a, like almost one, like six month, eight month old now, like times has flying. And I'm still just like, Hey, I went on a date last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going yeah. on. So it's like, it is a completely different world and the things that are like going on in our everyday life. And I went to visit her in July and it was like, we're not going out to like, dinners or bars or things like that it was like hey we're gonna go take your daughter to get ice cream Mm -hmm. and we went to the park and we're going down the slide and it's a different and i'm like so grateful for that friendship because that is my person that i can like call and text tell anything to like she's there it's the flat tire friend that is like yes like you will always be there and you know you can always rely on them that is the person but yeah it's it's a different like day to day and i think that's why tori and i have become in such a good place because our day to day is very like aligned and yeah. what we're doing right. and what we have to talk about and what our interests are and all of that sort of thing. I
0: think cho- the difference between your twenties and your thirties is, in your thirties, you have to choose to maintain the friendship, oh. right? It like, takes six
1: months yeah. to like even plan, plan something and then to yeah. execute it without four people flaking 100%. yeah and I think the other thing that I think is really
0: interesting in your 30s is I think your friendships kind of change based on sort of like categories like you have couple friends you have work friends you have your close college friends you have your friends like there's different groups yeah of friends. I have nursing
1: friends I have yes. gym friends I have my we old have very high different group friends. friends yeah
0: and so we have some mutual ones but we also have different ones but by proximity a lot of the friends that I have now are friends because of Jacob right mm-hmm. so like whether it's his workout friends or, um, you know, a couple friends like actually one of his. Really good friends who he's done CrossFit w- with has become one of our one of I would consider one of her one of my best best friends and we've just became friends about a year ago. But I and would you say, introduced me to her. Yes, and I like and I talked to her, her today. Her. <laughs> yes, and oh my gosh, we talked to her today. She's literally the sweetest person. Anyway, the yeah. long story short is what's interesting is like how your group friends kind of change, especially if you are in a relationship. But even in your thirties, I feel like the categories of your friends and by proximity and like how much time you're willing to put into that. And I will say like. It's really funny because so I did um, I saw my medium my girl my my I would call her like my spiritual advisor (laughs) slash I'm seeing her for the first time on Thursday so excited for Mm, you so um, she mentioned in one of our sessions that there was someone in my life that I was missing me and that I need to reach out. And she also said that I need to be better about my friendships. And it's so funny because I know exactly who she was talking about. And so it's funny because that actually kind of really, it kind of turned a light on me. And so now I'm really doing a lot better. Yep. And trying to also like reach out to my friends more like, phone calls instead of just a text sometimes. And I know that's like, Mm -hmm. you know, to everyone's different, you know, whatever you can handle, like voice notes. But I think like trying to maintain those friendships,
1: because, you know, for me, I'm like, I don't want to just be leaning on my husband for all these friends, my my good close friends, you know, so easy to get caught up in the day to day and let months and months and months go by without checking in on people. And it's it's so time passed so fast. Like I will not talk to people for a long time. And I'm like, Oh shit. I, I need to do better sometimes. I also love
0: being the friend. I will say this, that when they, someone texts me, Like, and it's been six months, maybe even a year. And I'm like, we just pick up right where we are. Like, I'm like, I love those kinds of friendships where like, I like being that friend where it's just, it's, they know I will always be there no matter what, but we don't have to talk regularly. And that's very common nowadays in your thirties. I'll also say this. I feel personally that, um, if a friendship isn't serving you well or making you a better person, you don't need it.
1: I think that's hard too, because I, we like give people the opportunity if you break up, okay, get the cookie dough and the ice cream, and it's okay to be sad and be depressed. But we don't talk about friendship breakups. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And those are just as hard, like losing what was a really good friend is the same like emotional toll as going through a breakup with a significant other. And we don't I feel like really give those space, it doesn't even have a name like, but I think it's like one, if it doesn't serve you, leave it. And then it's okay to also grieve it. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing I learned is that you don't, it's like, you don't actually need friends all the time around you mm-hmm. as much. Like I've never been one of those people that's comfortable being alone. I'm like, I'm not going to go out to eat alone. I'm not one of those, go to the movies alone. Sure as hell. not going to go on a trip alone. And guess what?
0: 2022.
1: <laughs> all I've done is fucking everything alone (laughs) i went to columbia first international trip alone now i travel for work alone on the regular i take i go out to dinner alone all the time if i want to do something i just do it by myself i was just in nashville for the weekend Mm -hmm. totally by myself living it up on a rooftop bar chilling Mm -hmm. by myself like i don't i it's like i i'm grateful for my friends and trust me like i have a really good friend group and i i need my people i'm not saying i don't like need anyone but I think it's really cool and empowering to be able to go do things solo that before I would have been like I'm never going to Nashville for the weekend I'm never going out of the country unless I have a friend to go with me yeah and it's like because our lives are in different places people can't travel with me Mm -hmm. and I'm still gonna do it so I think just it's that's been a big thing I've learned is like you can do things on your own also
0: yeah 100%
1: what are we doing more of Say it with me. Drinking, Drinking more, more water. water.
0: <laughs> Good skin, more energy, more mental clarity and overall health have one thing in common, water. So what are you doing to make sure you get your water in?
1: Okay, our favorite sponsors are back, HydroJug. This is the jug I bring with me daily everywhere. We are
0: obsessed. I bring this every day with me to work. You guys know it holds half a gallon of water so you can hydrate more and refill less. It also has a leak-proof seal so the water
1: stays in the bottle and off of your clothes. It has a wide mouth opening so you can throw in fruit there or you know I love extra ice so I can load it up. It has an integrated handle so it's easy to carry around and to drink out of.
0: And of course you can choose any different hydro jug option. They have their pro hydro jug. They have a stainless steel option they're original they have a glass option and even mini jugs my personal favorite
1: has been the stainless steel but now we just got the glass version okay it is so cute it's the studded glass jug so it's glass inside but it has a silicone sleeve for protection we got the lavender and the the black black studded one freaking obsessed and all hydro jug products are bpa free they also offer 40 different patterns for
0: sleeves that makes it even easier for you to carry your hydro jug of course head over and snag your hydro jug today head over to the and use discount code selfie c-e-l-l-f-i-e for 10% off of your order today again that's Hydrojug.com and use the code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E, and get 10% off your order. This is a great tip, by the way. If you um, have a great preceptor or, you know, the holidays are coming up, make sure you snag it. Okay. Family. Familia. Okay. This is an interesting dynamic. I think you're, your, your twenties and thirties. I like love a, your
1: family. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is like, it's so interesting because family for me, I think has always been a very, very like core piece. You know, my brother and I are very close. We're 13 months apart. Um, my cousins, I would consider them like little sisters. I think the interesting part about family for me is how much the dynamics change in your roles between your 20s and your 30s. I think that that has been the most significant change. Um, And, you know, things like, for example, my brother, you know, getting engaged and having um, a fiancé now. And so a child, a child, child, yes. (laughs) And it's crazy because for us, we were always like, we were besties. We were best friends growing up. Like, vi- we grew up on a ranch, so we really only had each other. You know, we didn't actually have – I didn't have as many friends when I was growing up, I would say. Like, Vincent and my cousins were kind of my best friends. And so it's funny, though, because now, you know, with all the things that have been going on, like, he – Megan, his fiance is his person now. And so that dynamic has really changed. You know, like, I used to be the one to help – in terms of like what we've been going through with the mental health things, like I was always helping my mom and doing appointments and, you know, being the contact person. And now it's kind of evolved. And it's like a weird thing when you're, when your relationships start changing like that in your family directly, you know, my relationship with my mom, I would say is stronger in my thirties than in my twenties for sure too. Like my mom is like, Iconic Lori, I fucking love my mom. <laughs> January seventh, Queen, Capricorn Queens. So it's funny though because I think in my twenties I did not appreciate my mom as much as I do now in my thirties.
1: Genuinely, the roles change so much, and I think you kind of because we both weren't aunties, yeah, in our twenties. So yeah, like no. that's a whole new. Position yeah. that didn't even exist. Yeah. Yeah. And then honestly, it's so weird because I've always been close with my parents, but I've always been the black sheep of my family. Yeah. Always. Yeah. But it wasn't like obvious. It was just kind of like, oh, salmon or middle child syndrome. I think in the last, you know, four years it's become glaringly in your face, obvious that I am the black sheep of not only my immediate family of my whole extended family. (laughs) I am just out there doing my own thing and I live such a different life than everyone in my family. And I don't know. I think the biggest thing I've learned is that you like, we want our family's approval, but like, I don't need my family's approval. You can
0: have your chosen family.
1: Like I, and I love my family. I'm fucking gonna, I'm 36, I'm gonna be 37. Boundaries. I, I just, I don't care if I disappoint my family yeah, it's, anymore. Yeah. Half the shit I say on this podcast probably disappoints my family because I'm such a trash can. I love but it. I'm an authentic trash can and that's who I am. Yeah. I am a trash can, I'm sorry. And I like, what makes me laugh makes me laugh. Well, and I think sense it's like, of, like it just, I just, yeah. I don't wanna live anymore for trying to like please people that like, unless you pay my bills and no one pays my bills anymore. My family, like I when I used to have a gas card, like you had a stake in the plane, but you don't, I pay all my own bills. Still use so, the bonds number. Like, I, I do. I honestly, when I want gas rewards, I oh, yeah. use my dad's phone number. <laughs> not even going to lie. But other than that, like it's just at the end of the day, if you're not paying my bills, like I don't care about your opinion anymore. Are and you that's think, really hard. It's really hard to sit there and say that like, I don't care. Like you don't ever want to disappoint your parents, but at the same time, like I'm the one that goes to bed alone with my dogs every night like I uh, it's my life I don't want to not gonna make my decisions based off of like what is my family want I think anymore. that's okay
0: too right because in your 20s and I would also argue the way that we grew up like what we were pictured like the picture of perfect families yeah. was was the thing the right and, like, there for that y- yeah like we naturally all of us 80s and 90s kids like we grew up with all of these you know the hallmark movies Mm -hmm. and like everything was centered right yeah brothers what brothers what was it brothers brothers um um anyway we grew up in that time frame of like everything had to be perfect and i do think there's a lot of you know growth for us you know moving into our 30s where like we understand what our boundaries are Mm -hmm. right and there are some things too that i've learned in my family like in my personal space growing up i had definitely some turmoil and things going on in the household, like where my brother and I were definitely dealing and being exposed to things that I think we should not have been. And we were Vincent, I think went through like a lot of trauma bonding, to be quite honest. So I think Now, being in my 30s, I'm okay saying no and I'm okay, you know, just saying, like, I love you, but this is my boundary and I can't
1: be around this right now. And I didn't even go to Christmas last year because I didn't want to get COVID. Yeah. I had my solo (laughs) trip canceled and everyone was like, you're just going to skip Christmas. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? I made dino nuggets and hung out with my dogs. And I have a friend from the gym who doesn't really have like family and she came over and we like hung out and I I was like, it was great. And it's like, I love my family. I don't want to miss Christmas, but at the same time, and guess what? Half my family got, Proven on fucking Christmas last year and I would have had to miss my solo trip. Yeah. So it's sometimes it's just like, well, and I think there's a lot of man. room too
0: for like chosen family. Right. So for a lot yeah, of you're people my out family. there, right? hundred like, percent. Like, I think there's a lot of that where for people who just, you know, are not understood by their family or are rejected or told, you know, they're not X, Y, or Z to, to the family because of how they live their life, whatever it may be you know, I think there's a lot of room for that. And I think in my 30s, I feel really good about having chosen family too.
1: totally and then just not, I think for me, my biggest and I already said it, but just like not feeling like I need approval from my family anymore is the best feeling of just like, I love you guys. And I'll love you forever. But we don't have to agree mm-hmm. on things and we don't, we don't agree politically. Mm-hmm. We don't agree. Like they don't, whatever. They don't yeah. agree with my lifestyle half the time. And it's like, that's fine. You don't have to, yeah, you can love me and I love you, but mm. yeah, I'll say this to you on the flip side of that too, is I do think
0: there's room for, and I have had to learn this as well is to like meet people halfway. So for totally. me, like, you know, in my family, when I, I've been, gone through things or, you know, tr- gone through or needed them to hear me out, like even if they're not understanding or if we're not meeting, like I do try and meet them halfway and nothing like turning 30 and being in our 30s, a lot of things start happening. And I feel like I've just realized like life is short. And so, so short for the loved ones, whoever it may be, you know, whatever you have space in your heart or your life, You know, make it known, like tell them you love them life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fleeting and nothing's ever guaranteed. So I think, you know, cherishing the people that you really, whether it's your
1: direct blood
0: family or your chosen family, like make sure that you that they know you love them.
1: Honestly, I think that's good advice because we don't say that enough. And sometimes we don't say it until it's too late. Mm hmm. Um. Okay. Social media, new
0: adventures, and happiness. Twenties oh, and thirties. Well, first of all, um, our social media growing <laughs> up was like
1: MySpace, AIM, MySpace, Facebook. Oh my god, I would kill for my MySpace login. Oh my! God. My MySpace name was the Saucy Minks. By the way, it was oh so my god. and the amount of pictures of me probably holding up like vodka bottles mm-hmm. of like, oh my god, I love that for it's you. Like, oh my so god, good. if
0: I went through my Facebook albums.
1: Oh, the things! that My Facebook's deactivated, but I would be so tempted to reactivate it. To Do you remember the, the days albums? when we were
0: posting full albums? Every, oh my like, God! well I event.
1: had what was called the Sam Cam, and it was like a digital camera that had the like it would flip out, and you could flip it, and this, so you were. I was taking yeah. selfies before cell phone existed yeah. on the Sam Cam, and then it's like you go, you upload the whole chip, and then you take the whole fucking album, you upload it to um Facebook and you put a caption on each one it was wild we love absolutely wild (laughs) way to live and every picture looked the same I love it oh my god we love that I think for
0: me social media has been such a great tool I love it I love the community and I know there's a lot of like negative rhetoric around it and I do find myself not having I I have limited myself to not doom scroll. But Mm. I think what's really interesting for me moving into the space is like having a voice and like creating a community. And for me, a lot of it has been kind of like keeping the blinders on and moving the needle forward. Like for me, I, I really want to produce and bring things to you guys of like, this is what I want to hear. And I know you guys want to hear it too. And so I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of the things that have come of social media.
1: I never set out to have a social media that was. Public, no, she didn't
0: ever at all. Like, and guess
1: what? Here we are <laughs> here. We fucking are. And it's been wild. And I think this kind of goes back to even when I said about family, like I get a lot of flack for having social media and for the content I post. And I just stopped giving a fuck. If you don't like it, don't yeah, follow me. Yeah. I have my own brother blocked. <laughs> I know. Poor Jeff. Uh, Jeff loves a troll. I, he so does. Great. But I'm just like, you know what? You're either with me or you're not. Like, it's funny. My aunt will comment on every picture I post. Aww. And my mom's best friend, <laughs> Lydia. We will, love like, a mom's best friend. On moment. every, like, my national sh- picture. She's like, this is so cute. And, you know, but I get so much, like, I get a... Way more than you. I don't know. But yeah. I also post like more bullshit than you. <laughs> but I got I get a fair amount of yeah. like hate on my social media. And I just, I don't care anymore. Yeah. I put out what I want to put out. And if you don't like it, don't follow me. And I'm just like enjoying the journey. And I love the people I've connected. I have made Oh my Internet besties turned real life friends. Yeah. And that is so freaking cool. The selfie community and where we've connected and the people I've met. And I genuinely think it's made me a better person because all of the people I have learned from that have helped me become more introspective and self-aware, mm-hmm. I genuinely credit back to social media. Yeah, so I, I get it. It's a lot of like feeling you have to keep up with this. And it's hard, honestly, with all the social or uh, the social awareness shit. Mm -hmm. It's like sometimes almost becomes a pissing contest between creators to always be posting about the latest social awareness, like activist movement. And it's like, I sometimes can't even keep up. Like if I posted all of my like beliefs every day, I would, my phone would die. My battery couldn't even handle yeah. the lifespan. And it's just like sometimes feeling like you have to keep up and always speak out on every issue. It's like, dude, I've just come to a point where it's like, if it's something I really feel about,ly I will pop off, but I don't feel like I have to speak out about every single issue, every trend, every whatever. Yeah, it's it's just like, you know what? This is what I get. Like it, leave it, love it, whatever, but it's cool. And I think it's a, it's a valuable tool and it's up to you to like use it to your advantage you you choose what you consume yes yeah. and I'm like choose wisely
0: yeah I agree I think also you know in terms of being on the the, the creation side of it, good things don't come easy. Well, I will say that, you know, a lot of things for a lot of the creators out there, at least when you're in the healthcare space, you know, when I'm creating things, it's either like funny, relatable dynamics, and then also education and the education posts always take forever. Cause for me, it's like very much, I want to be, providing a resource and validating that but good things don't come easy the podcasting you know for us has been insane it's a lot this just takes so much time you know we really do try and give you guys the most value we purpose we possibly can so so much research into the guests and topics and figuring out you know of course corresponding with them on, you know, their, um, their schedules, having to, you know, every week, you know, we're working with Jess on our back end. So like becoming a team leader, that's been really weird for me and trying to keep me, you know, moving that needle forward and making sure that we're thinking ahead about things is there's so much work that goes into the back of it, but it's so much fun. And I feel like I just really enjoy creating the thing that people love to come to. Like this has become such a great thing. And part of that is, you know, definitely social media and I, I've always been someone that's been drawn to something like social media, like back in, you know, Myspace and Facebook days. Like, Dude, my Myspace fire. I yeah. used to make my
1: own layouts. Oh yeah. hundred you were coding before coding yeah. was a thing, Hell right? Yeah. I was a coder.
0: So <laughs> I do think I think it's just a learning thing. And I think there's gonna be plenty of things to come. There's gonna be new platforms. There's gonna be you know things that phase out and come in, and I'm I know like what's it. the next
1: TikTok is just waiting for us. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I think generally, in terms of just the whole social media space, just having this podcast has taught us so much. I think yeah. we have both personally, like professionally and personally, grown as individuals. I think every time we have a guest, we take some nugget of wisdom, yep. like some pearl, and apply it to our lives. And I think I've genuinely become a better human because of it. And I love where we're kind of like going with this and what we're doing and the plans we have next year. And I don't think I ever pictured that in my twenties. And I think we've learned so much. I mean the growing or the growing pains that we've had in the last two years of having this podcast have been insane and how much we've done to just get better and like take feedback. I think that's the biggest thing is like learning how to accept Mm -hmm criticism but how to like use it as a tool yeah
0: i think social media as a tool is a wonderful thing and i love it and i love the community building self growth mindset then versus now um okay let's talk 20s if you were going to go back to your 20s and give yourself a good piece of advice about your own personal self and your growth what would it be
1: stop take a step back and like figure out where your emotions are coming from. Like you're popping off. Like I was a like, fuck around and find out Mm -hmm. or just like, I wish a motherfucker would. (laughs) And I was like, I I would go off, but it was more like, I'm like, I didn't know how to channel things. Sometimes it's like your secondary emotions. And I wasn't, I was just letting those lead instead of actually taking the time of like, well, what's actually driving that? I'm angry about this but it's really because I'm hurt about this and I feel like I never gave that even the space to learn it explore it feel it and I think now I I don't just I don't quickly jump like I used to I'm not as reactive and ready to like for a fight and everything I think I've really learned
0: that's a gross mindset baby slow
1: down take a step back and be like why do I feel the way I feel what's actually behind this yeah
0: I think my biggest pieces of advice would be it's okay if you don't fit into the box Mm -hmm. and to be different and to have different goals and to have different things and different priorities in your life and also just be obsessed with yourself
1: like genuinely no one is gonna hype you up more than yourself. I remember one time I used to have this shirt that said proud of myself or proud of me, proud of me. And I was running to the gym and the owner laughed and he's like, (laughs) and I was like, Hey, who's gonna hype me up more than me? If I don't believe in myself, why do I expect you to believe in me? Yeah. And
0: of course there's always going to be self doubt. There's always, we all deal with, you know, the, um, the issues that we face with like comparison and, you know, feeling like, lesser than or you know, feeling like someone's ahead of you, like that will always but be obsessed with yourself. Like you that. know, and we love a self-aware queen too. Can like we, make we that know a shirt. like
1: be obsessed with oh, yourself. I love that.
0: Like I you know, it's also like self-awareness. Like we know, you know, growing I think into my 30s I've had I've definitely become more self-aware and like become more in tune with like hearing people out and having an open mind. And I also think something that's really interesting from my twenties to my thirties is how much my beliefs and my core of things have changed. Like a lot of the things that I think I grew up with and the things that I, you know, was really, um you know, kind of saturated with. <laughs> I went from being a conservative yeah.
1: Republican to yeah.
0: a flaming Blaming. liberal. Totally. <laughs> like, it's but I love, I love that in ways of like personal growth. People mm-hmm. can change. Like, you know, for me, I think I'm always going to be someone that lives in gray. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to be. No, the, you're a
1: very the like Republican I versus the, Democrat. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I'm not, that's not my space. Like, but I do think what's interesting is a lot of my beliefs have changed and I've questioned things and I've, you know, really tried to kind of grow into like, okay, what do I believe? And like, that has changed a lot over Mm -hmm. the years. And I think that's actually going to be continually changing, but I think you can, I love the idea of just like, you know, getting into your own belief system
1: and being obsessed with yourself. Well, for me, I've kind of even taken it, like take a step back. If someone, if my name gets brought up, how do people see me? Yeah. And that's what I'm like, I'm control that narrative. Yeah. Like, and I'm always going to be misinterpreted. And I I am, I'm, I'm sometimes, I think I'm a very misunderstood person. A lot of the times, if people don't really know me just by what I put out on social media, they get a wrong impression of me. But also at the end of the day, if my name comes up, I want someone to be like, no, she's like, she's authentic. Mm -hmm. She's not faking shit she's going to have my back. If I call her at three in the morning, she'll be there. She needs me. She care. Like I want my, like who I am and what I represent to like, I want that to be known. I yeah. want like those are the things people are going to like think about when they think of me. And again, it's like, I kind of had to realize like you control that narrative a little bit.
0: Yeah. I think I also have really grown into the idea of like, um not narrow-minded thinking like being okay having conversations with people that I don't agree with and I also really value the idea of like am I a good am I a good daughter am I a good wife what do my friends think of me what in my community like what they like what they think of me ultimately is the most important and so for me really trying to like you know grow into who I want to become and become the best person possible like the best version Tori and you know for me growing into like you know, my growth in terms of profession and nurse and then also brand builder and, mm-hmm. you know, podcaster and, you know, being able to become a resource. And, you know, those are all really important things to me. But it is interesting to see how things have changed in terms of my own personal self and my, my growth over from like 20s to 30s. That's been, there's like, it's so interesting to see how many multi-dimensional sides of yourself And how much you can change from your 20s to
1: your 30s. I think being okay with like still acknowledging that you always have room to grow too. Mm -hmm. I think again being that like know-it-all 20-year-old like never got me anywhere in life. So I think me always just saying like well how can I look at this differently or be a little bit better or be open-minded to hearing something like what you kind of said, like not being narrow-minded. And that I think has been huge for me. And that's been changed because that's not something I was ever known for. Mm-hmm. I was always known for being like a very stubborn Capricorn, like very yeah. bitchy, yada, 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 right. yada. But I think in general now I'm kind of like, all right, I've made a lot of positive changes, but I'm not perfect. Yeah. And what, where, where areas can I still improve in? Where am I still weak and Like, so I, right. I don't know. Having that self awareness, I think, is the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, and I also think self wear queen. queens, self wear queens here over at the selfie self- show. We love this. I think also growing into myself from twenties to thirties into like into leadership or leadership type roles, and like understanding that doesn't always mean being number one necessarily. And mm-hmm. also, don't underestimate how important it is to be the neck. And the power of persuasion and influence. I think this is a huge piece that, you know, this gets missed in almost every single piece of education we've ever learned. But I think, you know, learning to become a leader and learning to become someone who is respected and well thought of. And, you know, what does that mean to you? But it doesn't always have to mean you're like the top dog, it doesn't always yeah. have to mean you have the title. But honestly, some of the people without the titles and without that have more influence, have will change the needle will move the needle forward more than you think you will like there is a lot of power and persuasion and listening and being a bring a true
1: advocate and a role model absolutely and I think learn that in like career and personal life and I would say like the other big self love I think would be from 20s to 30s is just truly like accepting yourself your body like all yeah. those things and not mm-hmm. i don't know it's just crazy i think and i think we will like probably do a follow up episode on it but man yeah like self you cannot put a price tag on self love you guys yeah and like really as much as it's like oh my god like what do i look like naked i'm like trust me if someone wants to get in bed with you and like you're naked, like, trust me, they're already like happy with your body. Like stop. Like we're so harsh on ourselves to a point where no one else is like that on us. And we it's are. like crazy. And it's hard as women. It's, you know, who's so my favorite person
0: to follow for this? Who? Celeste. The oh, Celeste she's... Bar. What's her name? She's a comedian. Uh, honestly, I think she might be touring right now and she's coming to the US. So oh, like we should go see her. Yes. But she does, you know, the um, videos where like an influence or whatever will do a video And then she'll basically like copy it and, but do like her own version. And I love her because she's very much self-empowerment. She's like, everybody looks, you know, everybody is important. You're, you are important. You're beautiful in every way you are. And I actually really do love that. I love that message because she's so funny. She's just this great, you know, she's so empowered in herself and her body and how she is. And like, she puts a comedy spin on all these things. And I love it. I think it's great. I'm like, You know, you are just be obsessed with yourself. And I love
1: that. And, you know, and I think, like, you are deserving of good things as you are. Love it. You are deserving of good things. Like, that is my, like, I will mic drop on that one, but you are deserving of of all the good things
0: absolutely and
1: go out into the world and do do good things
0: and be okay with evolving because trust me we've learned a lot in our 20s and our 30s we're gonna redo
1: this in our 40s
0: yeah i love that for us and i love that for you because you know we're evolving we're we're growing we're learning yes every life has a you know we're opening new chapters it's sometimes hard to close old chapters but i love opening a new chapter i
1: really do i love sometimes even opening up a brand fucking new New book
0: boop (laughs) mic drop we love that
1: well happy end of the year you guys oh it's thank you for sticking with us all year and if you're new thank you for joining us absolutely yeah um, 2023 we have such great things in store and we're like really excited about the future of this selfie show we
0: are okay and quick shout out for you guys so we um just announced this this last week but we um this is our new thing that we do every year um at the end of the year we want to hear from you guys we want the recap we want your feedback we want to know a little bit about you guys we want to know what you're liking what you're not liking and not just in terms of selfie show we have a ton of questions for you so um we have the form linked in our bio for you and if you submit, you will you will be entered to win. Um, we're gonna send out some gift cards and then also some selfie swag. We have our hats, we have our up at dawn socks, we have um, some notebooks. Or like we just we're gonna I'm gonna make you a super cute little thing, so you'll be entered to win for that. And then we'll be sending them out in a couple weeks. So we just absolutely love you guys. Thank you for being here with us. Happy New Year to you and your families. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Christmas. Kwanzaa. All of them. All, all of them. the things.
1: Happy motherfucking holidays happy motherfucking holidays <laughs> no um oh I have a good ne- see you next year yes yeah, I, you lo- next I year. love being corny and saying that <laughs> see you next year uh, <laughs> I miss teaching because I love telling my students all right see you guys next year so like cute. I'm that person we love that I'm so true we love chuggy we're leaning into our chugginess. Yes. so literally see you next year and please um Go to our like link tree. All our like sponsors are in there. It really helps us grow. Yeah. Like use our code SOME. something good for, for you your yes. family. Yes. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Get a New Year's. Treat your work, work wife. Yes.
0: Your bestie your bestie they need something. Your preceptor,
1: whomever it may be. Yeah. And we like to treat you and we will give you free stickers, free little badge pin. All of our little selfie swag. if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we appreciate it so so much that if you drop your IG handle in it will reach out to you and we'll mail you off some free goodies. Absolutely. and five stars. On five Spotify. stars on Spotify. Please.
0: Please. Thank you. Thank you, and um, um, make sure you're following us on our Instagram. What? Yeah. Oh no, that's Instagram. it.
1: That's just. Oh, it's weird. weird. We're
0: done. We've got to wrap it up. All right, and make sure you're following us on our Instagram. That's at Nurse Tori. and at Hey
1: Samantha, and see you next year. See you next year. <laughs> Bye. Bye.